business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Walt Bayless with the Business and People podcast. I have with me a special guest on the show, a personal hero for myself and my family. My two little girls have just run screaming out of the room as they spoke to this person. This is Lydia Lasilla. She is a five times Olympian, back-to-back Olympics 2002 all the way through to 2018, winner of the gold, announced as Athlete of the Year, inducted into the Australian Hall of Fame. She is mother to two beautiful boys. She burst onto our screens in a TV reality show of Survivor watched by millions of people and she is the subject and the star of the documentary film The Will to Fly. She's now the founder and CEO of Body Ice, the advanced recovery system for athletes and she is a genuine superstar. Lydia, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you. What an intro. You've made me feel very special. <laughs> as, as is well-deserved, as is well-deserved. Now, when I look at that amazing career, so most of the time in a professional sports person's career, they have a maximum of, you know, five to seven years worth of that really peak period. You were able to achieve that five Olympics back-to-back with that gold in 2010. That's an astounding career. Is that drive something that's always been with you? Um, definitely when I think back to how I was as a, as a, a younger athlete, I, I certainly had a drive that was not, um, probably in the normal realm. So yeah, incredibly driven and almost obsessive with, with sport that started off in gymnastics really. And then it just transferred into aerial skiing when I got, um, when I got talent ID'd for that sport. So it was, um, it was like I was a little bit kind of tunnel driven and, and I just had my eye on, you know, one thing and one thing only and that was just to, to be the best and to secure an Olympic gold medal but to, to be the best in the sport. Now, so, I, um, I know your story a little bit and, and you started in the Olympics. Now, when we look at um, your documentary film, which is The Will to Fly, you say in there that even as a gymnast, you were dedicated to, to achieving an Olympic gold. Like that was your focus even back then. Is, and, and because of that, do you testament that focus to the success moving forward? Absolutely. Um, I fell in love with probably the Olympic movement quite early on as a kid and was just obsessed with it and just wanted to make sure I got there one way or another. I don't think it would have mattered in what sport. Um, it didn't matter. It was just the, the chance to compete against the best of the best and stand on top of that dais and belt out the Aussie anthem. That was, that was what I wanted and saw very clearly as a young kid. Um, so I think it started off with that overarching, overarching vision that was just so strong and so compelling that I could step into that moment anytime just by closing my eyes and, and be, be there, you know, as if it had already happened. And that, that feeling, um, I guess, was what's what drove me through everything, through all the, the, you know, the failures. I've had heaps of those and will continue to <laughs> throughout life. But, but just the grind as well of being an athlete, like it's, it's fun and it was something that I love, but gee, it's hard, you know, and sure. especially if you're in a, in a, in a kind of a, a very risky sport where you're, you're taking kind of calculated risks every day um, and you can get seriously injured. Um, you, you must have something 
that is so compelling and so strong that's going to just pull you through those moments. Yes. And that's what I had. I don't know where it came from, but it was very strong in me. That's what I wanted. I, I, when you're talking about the risk, and, and especially in the, uh, the freestyle aerial scheme that you were famous for, and the calculated risk, you're looking at that, that jump, that, that massive height, the will to fly, you're in the air. Is there, is there a, a method that you go through to deal with fear or were you so far past that yeah. that it didn't even see? Absolutely. And when I first started um, the sport, I was really quite kamikaze. I, I was quite reckless with my body. Wow. I didn't really understand that to, to have longevity, I was going to have to really look after it. And, um, and, and I wanted success just instantly. I wasn't prepared to wait for it. And I think that's, you know, I got injured a lot when I first started. I got good really quick because I was willing to take risks and I was willing to do three times the volume anyone else was doing. But it meant that I was going to take some hits as well because I was not quite ready for it. But um, I think once I, you know, the, like I didn't feel that much fear at the beginning and then it did start to kind of settle in once you've had those experiences once you've had an injury, um, once you've had a bit of a knock and you've got to pick yourself back up or you've had, you know, your confidence just rocked a bit. And so I, I worked a lot with a mental training coach um, and and he was really instrumental in, you know, for me in being able to develop the techniques to deal with fear and to, to um, you know, obviously visualise if I was feeling fear, visualise something or the, the version of myself of where I wanted to be, so the jump, the next jump that I wanted to do and nailing it and visualising it perfectly and executing it perfectly to take the focus of what I was afraid of, which was perhaps crashing or the jump that I didn't do so well before, you know. So it was always about projecting to the future, mm-hmm. to that stronger future self, that, that that next perfect jump that I wanted to do and that was my way of um, dealing, you know, with fear because it can it can be really crippling um you know it it can and I've had that before I've had instances where it was crippling you know when when you feel fear um you often rush through things and it happens really quickly and you're not thinking straight and so I've, I've been there before but I've also been you know in in a different experience where I was in complete control I can acknowledge that fear was there and I'm like okay this is I'm really scared right now or I'm doing this new jump for the first time and it's terrifying or it's a blizzard outside and I don't know what's going to happen and I'm scared but I must push on and um and so you can acknowledge it and I guess another technique for me was when I felt fear was just acknowledging and accepting it that it's Hello, kind of fear. Thank you for showing up. Um, what do you? What are you? What are you trying to tell me? Yeah, right. Yeah, and, it would, and then I'd talk to it that way. I'd be like, okay, what do you want me to know? Why am I feeling this way? Oh, yeah, okay. You want me to focus on my technique, or you want me to take some deeper breaths and, and calm down? And you know, there's all kinds of ways you can <laughs> convince yourself that um, you know you you are you you are scared when you're feeling fear but you can talk your way out of it yeah, right. um or you can talk your way into a bigger hole if you want to yeah, sure. well. but, dig, dig but it was always that tiptoe between okay <laughs> negotiating between yeah right thank fear. thanks for being here i appreciate it but let's get thank on with you. the job anyway yeah you're telling me to focus a little bit more you're telling me to be more alert you know nice. and i'll thank you for that and i'll 
keep going. <laughs> so now, now that you've had that incredible pivot uh, in your professional career to be founder CEO of Body Ice, uh, and that is, you know, advanced recovery for athletes. So we're talking about heat and ice with advanced compression, helping athletes recover from injury faster. When, when we look at your career, and we've talked already about incredible focus, amazing drive, and then the ability to deal with fear as a process, have you found mm. those things have, have really helped you in setting up Body Ice and, and transitioned into a, into a business world? Absolutely. I mean, Body Ice was born out of, you know, disaster really. I had two um, ACL ruptures in a matter of six months and was struggling to find an ice pack that would stay cold and wouldn't leak and slip and fall over the place and would give me that compression at the same time. So the product didn't exist for me and so I decided to design my own Um, and I was having a year out of sport. This was in 2006 after I... I blew my knee at the 2006 Winter Olympics in Torino and um, was having a year out anyway. I needed to have multiple surgeries to fix my knee and um, and at the same time just then put that focus into starting up a business and I didn't know anything about starting a business. And um, However, you know, my father always had his own business and, and I guess doing the sport I was doing... Uh, I wasn't really risk adverse. I was willing to have a crack, you know, and so I didn't see starting a business as risky like a lot of people tend to do. Um, I saw, you know, that there was a product that I needed and I figured a lot of other people would need it as well and that's just how, you know, I got into it. I just... So yeah, many businesses start that way, so many businesses. So <laughs> can you tell, Can you remember... Can you remember starting it? Did you write it out on a napkin in a in a bar somewhere, or like yeah. did you did you literally say this is what I need? Right, let me find someone who can make it for. How did that process come to be? Yeah, well, I I literally was flying back from the Olympics, and I was in a you know terrible state. In I was miserable. I was devastated. My dreams had been crushed. Um, I'd blown money out for the second time in in six months and, you know, at that stage you don't know if you're ever going to get a chance to come back. You know, I wanted to. I knew that I didn't want that injury to kind of, you know, end my career but you still don't know for sure. You don't know until you've had the surgeries and you kind of know what's ahead of you. And so I couldn't sleep on the aeroplane back. I was just every time I closed my eyes, a nightmare would be on repeat, 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 repeat. Yeah. And so I just got my journal out and. I had a previous discussion when I was in the in the, in the athlete village. Um, I was, I'd blown my knee out, and I was sitting amongst some friends, and had my leg resting up on a on a chair, and I was icing it with a plastic bag of ice, and it was leaking and slipping all over the place, and um, I was frustrated. I was <laughs> not in my best mood anyway. Picked it up and threw it down, and bloody hell, someone should make a decent ice pack that doesn't leak and slip all over the place. And so it was kind of like that light bulb moment, ding, went off and everyone's like, well, you should do that. I'm like, yeah, I should do I that. Should. So, yeah, so Fantastic. back to the airplane, I, you know, I couldn't, couldn't sleep. I just, yeah, the cogs were turning and got my journal out and started designing, you know, a range of ice packs that, are, that were joint specific. So for shoulders, backs, knees, hips, they weren't all kind of a universal one. They were joint specific that would just stay in place and, and stay cold. And um, just started sketching the designs, got home, um, had surgery and on crutches, 
you know, going into different clap rubbers and material places, trying to find the material that I needed and making some prototypes. I'm no sewer, so it was kind of more about cutting <laughs> things out and, shape, yeah. Um, yeah, and tried to find some manufacturing in, in Melbourne and had no luck, so stumbled across Alibaba in China and ended up going to a trade fair and went over there. I'd just been off crutches and met with different suppliers and manufacturers and, um, really just got it done took my designs got the got some samples back from different manufacturers and chose the the best one and and just went from there wow. so I pretty much just dove into it and it was great at the time because it took my mind off you know the reality of where I was as an athlete which wasn't yeah. in a great place um and it was a place of uncertainty but it had it gave me I think that year off was fantastic because it gave me perspective. It gave me a chance to, you know, step back and realise, okay, sport is not the only thing in my life. It's not the only priority. And if I want to be successful in sport, I probably need to have a bit more balance. I was just so kind of tunnel driven um, that it it really was, you know, the best thing that happened to me. So So pretty much, yeah. I'm going to come back to that in, in just a minute because I think that that's, that's a, a powerful thing that I want to dig into. When did you know that Body Ice was going to take off? When did you know that you, you really had uh, got mm-hmm. something that was worthy there? Well, I thought, you know, I'd be kind of, you know, pitching it to sports teams and athletes and physiotherapists and things like that. But I literally I put an order in. Um, I had no idea how I was really going to go to market. But I put the order in, got the product off the off the ship, walked into my um, my knee surgeon's office. I had a, an appointment, and I had one strapped on because I that was the beauty of it. You could strap it on anywhere. I'd be in the car. I could still ice from the gym, and you know I had that mobility kind of while icing. And I walked into his office like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's body ice. It's my new you know ice packs for injuries, and they're all joint specific." And um, he said, "I'll order five hundred." Thank you. And I'm like, amazing. Wow, that is so <laughs> cool. I, I pretty much stumbled into my target market and he's ordered 500 every three months for o- over 10 years now. Wow, that's um, amazing. So orthopedic What's- surgeons really became my target market because wow. I, I wasn't only after the, you know, the athletes, I was after the the 70-year-old having a knee replacement and the 90-year-old having a hip replacement. So, you know, you're getting everybody. The kids kids packs there as well, like the nine-year-old at school with a scraped knee. I mean, that's just amazing. What's what's the biggest order so so far? um, In terms of single units? Yeah, in terms of volume. like like, Like what's the one that you opened the order and just went, oh, my God. Um, well, we actually have, we have a women's range at the moment, which is doing really well. And that's for post-birth recovery. Um, and so we're in baby bunting, um, with that. And I remember getting the first order for that and going, wow. It's got so many zeros. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, look at, and it's just, I guess it's organically built over the years and the, the hospital and orthopedic surgeon market is incredible because, you know, you've got an orthopedic surgeon that does 15 to 20 surgeries a week um, until he's 65. So we've never lost a client, you know, and that they, it's, they're our most valuable clients. So, um, 
yeah, so it's it's really it's cool because all the other products, you know, the women's range evolved out of after I had childbirth, and I'm like, goodness gracious, you know, women need to recover down there and here and things like that when you know your, your milk comes in and you just you know, had given birth and it's so full on and such an intense experience. And um, so that was the inspiration behind the women's range. Again, it was scratching and the itch. It was like the product that you needed to be able to. Yeah. To- yeah. yeah. I remember coming home from um, hospital and, um, no, sorry. And I came home from hospital and my milk had come in and I reached for one of my ice packs, my my ones that I'd use for recovery range and um you know I just put them on I'm like oh my god that's so much better and um so I figured you know the same thing a lot of women are going through this and what was prescribed was cabbage leaves and then you know and and the nurse had given me some ice cubes to put down my knickers in the hospital I'm like women deserve better than this absolutely (laughs) so that was that was the inspiration behind that and then of course my you know, baby grew into a toddler and was bumping himself all the time and falling and needing that instant comfort, you know, when, but they, like little kids don't like to ice. No. They don't like it. So I've developed some really fun, cute, you know, ice pack characters that had straps and would stay on and become their best friends. And, and so that's the inspiration by the, from the, you know, the body ice kids range. So everything just evolves out of, you know, experiences, you know, and I continue to do that. Like I, I'm, um, you know, I love yoga and and I didn't really like the mats that I was using, so I'm now developing a new range. It's called Zone and it's it's eco-friendly cork and rubber yoga mats and, and accessories. So, you know, and it's just really to fulfil kind of, you know, a need that I have that I figure a lot of other people have as well. Awesome. Yeah. So I said I was going to come back to the professional athletes moving on to post-career. But before I do that, can I just ask, so your your ability to to set a target and just never quit until you get there, now that you are well-established with Body Ice, you've got Zone coming through as well, are you still doing that? Are you saying, right, this year we're going to have this kind of distribution, this year we're going to hit these kind of targets? Are you still in that frame? I'm... No, I don't think I am in business. I'm um, not as obsessed and not as um, probably not as driven, to be quite honest, as that lure of an Olympic gold medal. And, yeah, I'm not driven by money at all. I'm driven really to to help people. It's crazy. It all comes down to wanting to help people recover, you know, overcome their adversity, overcome their injury, um, train better, you know, feel better. That's that's really I've become to realise that's what really drives me. And so sometimes I can get a little bit off focus um, in business, and because I've always got ideas. Oh, I should do this, and I'm a bit of a squirrel. No. And um, so, but but I I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind it. I've got a really great team that kind of reel me in and keep me on track. And just can we just finish this product launch? <laughs> Before we launch the next game. Yeah, but I really love, you know, what I do. And and for me, it's also striking a balance between lifestyle and family and and that's where I'm happiest. Awesome. Do you know what I mean? I'm happiest where I can fit in exercise, so I'm looking after my health. 
I'm happiest where I know that finances are in check, so not you know, not under kind of that stress and I'm at a level where I'm happy with the, the level of finance. I'm happy with my relationships, do you know what I mean, and they're not suffering, so they're in balance. I get to do other things where I can contribute, so I mentor athletes, I'm still involved in sport, I help at the, our local school, I'm, you know, I do lots of other things there where I can feel like I'm, giving back and contributing. And I think if you can strike a balance between all that, that's what we're ultimately wanting. Yeah. Everyone wants work-life balance. And I really feel like I've nailed it. I've nailed the transition from sport into to, you know, real life because I've got that balance. Fantastic. And if I wanted to go just straight business and focus on that, something else is going to give my health or my family life or my relationships or my ability to pick up and go and travel. And I don't want that. Awesome. And I, you can see that that's lessons learned from, from that sole blinkered focus that you were talking about. Yeah. So I'm um, coming back to the, to the athletes and their lives after sport. Do you have uh, any, I guess, guidance for, for people who find themselves in that situation? They might be, they're, they're playing at that unbelievable level and they're looking forward and they're thinking to themselves, you know, it could be just a, an ACL ligament away from whatever. Do you have any? Do you have anything that you could offer to people in that who find themselves in that position? Absolutely, yes. I would encourage you know the sixteen-year-old to think about transition a lot earlier. So I would encourage um, whether that's further education or finishing your study or finding something else in life that you really like and are interested in doing, and not waiting to kind of chase that. Right. Um, and sporting institutes and organisations and federations are now realising that an athlete does need to have balance. They do need to have other interests and that will give them balance as an athlete, ability to earn an income, you know, away from sport, which then takes the pressure off and allows you to do sport because you love it, because you want to be there. And I think that's really important is to have that balance. You need your family around. You need that support network, whether it's your physios or your mental training coach. Um, and you need to have something else that you enjoy kind of sinking your teeth into, whether it's writing or music or business or some form of other study that, um, you know, that you can kind of strike that balance, take your mind off sport for a little bit and then refocus it and dial it back in. I think that's a really important skill to be able to turn off and then dial it back in and focus when you need to and compartmentalise between the different priorities in your life. Um, And that's how I believe that I I was able to have the longevity that I did. Awesome. And I think, uh, as I mentioned to you before we pushed the record button, the main majority of the audience are people who are driven entrepreneurial achievement kind of focus. And I'm thinking as you're talking there about professional sports people, I see so many people in the founder startup kind of uh, entrepreneurial space that have that same blinkered vision. It's that 20 hours a day, you know, no, no quit until it's done kind of mentality that we find in that professional athlete uh, thought. And what you've just said there about having that ability to look outside of that scope will give them a lot more longevity in a business frame as well as in a sporting frame, I think. And just in a life. In life. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like we all we we all want balance, you know. We all want to be successful, but we don't want 
our families to, to suffer because of that success or we don't want our health to suffer because of that success. So we're all trying to chase balance ultimately and, um, you know, there's times where you can dial up the business side of things and put really put your foot down um, and then times that you need to dial it back down again and hang out with the family or get into a better exercise routine or a sleep routine or whatever that is because that, that you know, makes up our, ourselves, yeah, I yeah. think. Definitely. And, and if you're burning uh, It's that- all important. To me, it's, it's all important, you know. It really is. So I'm not willing to sacrifice those things yeah, um, cool. because I like my life as it is and I'm probably not, I'm not lazy in business but I don't have the killer I had as an athlete. Um, and I think it's just dormant. I think it's because I'm perhaps just had, you know, I was go, go, go as an athlete for so long and so driven to that goal that I feel like right now I'm in a little bit of a dormant, less competitive kind of time of my life where I'm just happy to keep tinkering on my business because they work and they do well. Um, I'm tinkering with new products and, and, there will be a time where I'm right. I, I really have to dial that up and put some I can more see that. I can see that your son's soccer match. In fact, I can feel the dial when, when he's out there on the field. That that switch will flip <laughs> and then you'll be on, yeah. full on. I can I'm see. on. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's going to be full yeah. on. I love it. Lydia, <laughs> that, I, I'm, I'm conscious of your family time because I know I've interrupted that with you in your beautiful home there in Melbourne. If you had the opportunity to um, to give advice to to a group of entrepreneurs, people who are just starting out, they've got this idea like you had back in 2006 of something that the marketplace needs that they could find for themselves. How What would your advice be to that person for them to have the best chance of that success? Um. Obviously, find out about, you know, any competing products. Is there, is there something that exists that is quite similar or are you bringing something new to market? I always want to bring something new to market. I always want to bring a product that actually works. It's functional. I don't want to bring out some rubbish that people don't like, you know, and and the quality of the products is, is really important to me, whether it's a service or a physical product. You know, I want it to be durable. I want it to last. I want it to be a product that people really find value in. So I think start there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And then figure out the rest, you know, and that means getting the right team around you to be able to execute and grow and scale. So I, I really believe it's got to start with a, a direct passion for that product and a problem that you're solving. Nice. You know, I'm always trying to solve a problem and I think that's, that's a good place to start. I've got three more questions and, and I had only two, but you commented there. I'm going to throw in a third one. Um, you mentioned about putting the right team together. How do you do that? How do you choose the people that come along for the journey with you and who was the most kind of important hire for you as, as you got started? Yeah, look, it's not easy to, to find the right team and something unique, I guess, about my business setup is that because I was running the business from my laptop and wherever I was in the world, um, you know, I'm driven to to work from home. That's how I work. I don't want to be in an office at all. And so the people that I bring on board have to be able to work from home as well in a satellite team. We communicate every day. We catch up physically every so often, but not every day. And, and so the people that I bring on board have to be able to, you know, be, be self-driven um, and... Um, 
I don't want to be kind of breathing down their back to get their work done. So, so it's, it's a, it's a little bit unique, but I think it's almost the way the world is going. More and more people are working from home. It's not nine to five. I outsource a lot. Um, but I've got a core team that are really, really driven. And when I'm away, like the, the business is like it's their own and that's the people I want on board. Do you headhunt or do they come to you? No, I haven't started headhunting. I think I might have to soon. Where oh, my God, what have, I've, I've, I've awakened the beast. What have I done? There'll be, be letters flying. I'd in. like to, I guess for me that my, my next step is to, um, I've actually never had a business mentor. Okay. So that is a real priority at the moment, someone that I can bounce ideas off and someone that's worked, you know, multiple businesses for, for and someone that is a lot smarter than me. I would I would like to find that person <laughs> um, and and have them in my corner. Nice. Um, I think that everyone needs someone in their corner. So um, yeah, and I just want to learn. I want to continue to learn. And there's you know I'm kind of limited in what I you know what you know, and you've got to kind of figure everything else out. But if I think a mentor is really important, and that's something I've never had in in business. I've had it in sport. And I know the value of them. So it's a matter of finding the right one in business as well for me. That's the next step for sure. Did you choose your coach when you were, or did they come, did you naturally gravitate towards each other back in the, into the sporting world? Um, I, yeah, I definitely chose my coach. I, I um, came to a period of, I guess, time, a point in, in my career where I was coming back after the knee injuries and, Figured, look, I might only have one chance at this. You know, I have to, I, I have to give it everything. Um, I need the best person, and I need the best chance. And and that meant for me removing myself from from, I guess the the Australian team, um, and finding my own coach and someone that was just in my corner, and believed also in what I wanted to do because I had a lot of met a lot of resistance when I first started. Um, jumping and because I was ambitious you know I I, first thing I wanted to do was I want to jump like a man like I want to prove that it's possible that women can because the difference that when I first started was huge it's a huge gap between male and female aerial skiers and so the resistance that I got I guess over the years with the different coaches well Lydia you don't you don't have to do triple somersaults to win you know you don't have to do it when you did the quad point it's not the point yeah. I want to. I want to prove it's possible and that's the way I want to win. So I need someone that believes in that and believes in wanting to push the boundaries of the sport. And so that's how I found Mish Roche, my, my he's from Switzerland, my coach, and he was so excited by it for the first time in my life, someone that was excited about me wanting to push the boundaries, not because I had to or didn't have to or whatever, but because that was awesome. That was my capabilities, you know, and that was where I, I wanted to see my potential go. So, oh, cool. yeah, I so having I asked mentors. That, I asked that at the time when you were talking about finding a mentor in business because I think you've had that experience of, of handpicking yeah. the person that you wanted to help you. And I think because you've had that experience, you, you know, that'll be something that you'll be able to draw on moving forward with the, the mentor in business as well. So I'm excited by that. I'm looking forward to to hearing. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> how, do you handle, how do you handle all the media and press? Oh, look, I, I live a fairly private 
life. I think, um, you know, I do a little bit of TV here and there and I enjoy that. I do some speaking here and there and I enjoy that. And I've got, you know, my core business, which is Body Eye. So I, I enjoy quite a nice balance of things. It's nice. different and it all keeps me busy. Um, but I don't think, yeah, I live, you know, in a really small town, which is a 1,000 people and very private and I can get away and I'm not one to want to be in the centre of attention. So I think if you're not inclined that way, you won't put yourself there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like I've got a pretty good balance on that. That's so cool. And and because of that, I just really, again, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to, to spend a little bit of time with you. Really, uh, you're an inspiration from what you've been able to achieve from, from the position and the moves that you've made to create the person that you are. I, uh, I love the fact that my two daughters look to you and see someone as, as a superstar that's been able to step forward. Thank you so much for your time. What's, what's the goal for you? Where are we going to see you on the horizon? I'm looking forward to hearing more, but what's the, what's the thing you're headed for now? Oh, look, I'm really excited about my new eco yoga range. I think that's that's really exciting. Um, we're moving into new territories, into new countries for body ice too. So that's pretty busy at the moment trying to navigate that and a, and a big learning um, curve as well and a little bit of TV stuff as well. So it, there's, a, there's a nice mix going on at the moment. Nice. I'm enjoying it. There's lots to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Which I don't think would ever scare you. Lydia, you're amazing. You're an absolute icon. Uh, and as I said, not only from an Australian level, but for so many women who are looking at you as a champion, from so many business people who can see that growth coming through. And uh, just from a personal point of view, thank you so much for your time and for your inspiration. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to see you. All right. Thanks, Lydia. I'll let you get back to the family. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.